welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the how-to of creating conscious leadership for business, life and the world. With ordinary people doing extraordinary things and being truly in control of their own health, wealth and happiness. Knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. Introducing your host, Julie Hogbin, author, international speaker, mentor, disruptor and creator of Conscious Leadership and property investor living in the UK. Hi, this is Julie Hogbin from the Conscious Leadership podcast and I have the joy of having Paul Bramley sitting in front of me and we're in a soundproofed studio, everybody, with like egg boxes on the walls Um, And Paul is the owner, founder of the British Polygraph Testing Company, uh, websites, Polygraph Testing, BritishPolygraphTesting.com. And I happened to meet Paul last week, actually, just coincidentally sitting beside him at an event we were at, got talking and thought, considering the title of this podcast is Conscious Leadership and he's a polygraph tester, what a fabulous opportunity to do the first interview for Conscious Leadership. So, Paul, could you tell us about what you do, um, how you got into it, and what are the results that people can get from utilising you and what you do? <laughs> okay. Um, so, obviously, I'm a polygraph examiner. That's a lie detector for, for most people. So, whenever people hear that, they kind of think Jeremy Kyle, um, as that's most commonly what most people are going to interact with polygraph for um how i got into it is quite an interesting story um, tell us please so tell us my dad got my mum to have a polygraph exam now this was not about fidelity they was getting divorced this was not about fidelity this was about diamonds so um they'd been out for dinner and one of the class had broken on her ring and the, the stone had fell out well, the jeweller said to my dad, no, um, it shouldn't fall out even with two clasps. And then later on, uh, they'd been out in Spain and she'd lost one of her other rings. So dad got paranoid and thought it was some kind of insurance scam or something like that. I don't know. So my mum said to my dad, fine, yeah, I'll take a polygraph exam. She went, listen, you better have a bottle of champagne, a fillet steak and a lobster ready for when I pass, which he did, which she did and which he did. Um, but that was where I got chatting to the polygraph examiner, who's kind of become my mentor, Terry. Lovely fellow. Um, so that was really handy because then I got to pick his brain, but also get to go to one of the best schools in the world. Um, so, so, so how long ago was this, Paul? This was about five years ago because um, I've been a professional polygraph examiner for the last four years. Right. So, yeah, that was, um, that was when all these kind of things happened. So I was quite lucky then because I went out to, to Florida and uh, I went to study and you, you study for a minimum of sort of three months. You have to do like, you know, a minimum of 400 hours of testing. That also means you've got to be an examinee for the other people who are training for over 400 hours of testing. So, you know, you kind of get to spend enough time on the hot seat as well. Um, and then it was kind of, you know, I've got 100% in all of my exams except for two got 97% on my final. So it's kind of like round peg, round hole. So I've always been quite geeky, quite sciencey, And I was one of those people where, <laughs> don't forget, I'm sitting there with other people, a lot of um, like police force, things like that from the USA. 
And when we're doing stuff like with the doctors coming in, saying on about his physiognomy, I was one of those people that always had their hand up, yeah. asking another question. Yeah, exactly that face. You know when everyone makes that weird groan going, oh, please, <laughs> not another question. And, uh, yeah, that was that was me. Um, so, yeah, so where, where was I following on from that? So that's kind of how I got started in the industry. Interesting. I just want to share something. So, I'm, yeah, the podcast is around conscious leadership. Conscious yeah. leadership is around understanding why we make the decisions that we make to get us to where we want to be. Mm. And just thinking about what you've said about you're the person with the hands up, that's also my philosophy in life, actually. You put your hand up and then go, how do I make this happen? So you take the opportunity presented in front of you, which is actually why we're now sitting recording this interview, Mm. because we happen to sit beside each other. And I said to you, can I interview you for the podcast? Without even asking me what it was about, you said yeah. yes. Yeah. So that whole opportunity-taking process really does lead you into some very interesting places if you, I'm going to say, don't let some of the limiting beliefs we have about who we are, what we are, where we come from, stop us doing that. So very briefly, mm. you've said you've always been a geeky-type individual. What did you do before you got into polygraph? <laughs> I've done a fair few jobs. So the the family business was we remold and retread truck tyres. Try right. saying that when you've had a few drinks. Um, I've then gone on. I was a trader in the city. I was a, a chugger. For anyone who doesn't know the term, that's one of those charity muggers that stops you in the street and says, oh. can I tell you a little bit about Save the yeah. Children or Christian Aid, things like that. And um, so I've been in, worked in retail. So I've done I've done a fair few different jobs in my time. So when was the story with your mum and dad and the diamonds and the polygraph test? Because <laughs> I'm was... not sure how I would feel if my um, partner, um, I suppose your mum offered to take the polygraph test, didn't she? <laughs> uh, well, dad, dad was sort of, uh, he, you know, he gets into things a little too much, probably the Jeremy Kyle show. <laughs> and, you know, this is the good thing with polygraph is it's a very quick solution. Um, so how long does each test take? takes about a couple of hours. It can okay. go longer. It can be a little bit quicker. But, you know, if if something's like taking you about 26 minutes or half an hour, that's not a proper polygraph exam. Someone's going, someone's probably cutting some massive corners. Um, it has a set process. Funny enough, what you were saying um, about with regards to questioning is one of the things I tell, you know, my kids and I tell all of my clients is, there is only one stupid question in the world, and that is the unasked question. Because yeah. if you don't ask, you don't know. Yeah. And it's always good to encourage people, question, question, question everything. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And um, one of the things I was thinking about last week, I was brought up believing if you ask, you don't get. Yeah. And of course, in reality, you have to ask because you have to let people know what you want. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of mindset process, mind flow processes that to consciously lead, to consciously do, to change what we need. We have to question internally and externally. Mm. So um, I'm really interested in the quality aspect of lie detector tests because I think it's fabulous and I'd really like to know about how you can use it. Um, And I know you were saying about if it's sort of 30 minutes, you've just mentioned if it's 30 minutes, they're not doing it properly. It should be a couple of hours. Does that couple of hours include the test and the debrief, or is that the test? That and includes then you... the whole thing. So okay. whenever a client comes into me, we're going to have, first of all, I've got to go through some admin, um, generally be trying to put someone at their ease. You know, I had um, some clients come to me once, three and a half hours they'd journey down to, to see me. 
Now, he had given his partner the absolute third degree for that entire journey to the point she'd come out, she was shaking like a leaf. I don't need people shaking like a leaf. I mean, nerves aren't going to affect a polygraph exam, but I want people to be as comfortable and relaxed as possible just because it's better. You know, life is better when you're more comfortable, more relaxed. You know, I've got a lot of information to impart to someone. So if they're, you know, hardwired and they're, you know, they're just too, you know... Wound um, up. Wound up. Then, yeah, they're not going to be taking that information in, which means, you know, it's going to slow the process even more and things like that. So would, if you were really emotional about the thing that you were going to have the test on, or as you've said, so your, you know, your partner, your whatever it is, whoever it is that's making you do the test, because you can mm. you know, obviously be made to do them, but you're you saying, yeah, it's your choice. Would those high emotions affect the result of the test? No, that's one of the things that I'm going to be spending my time doing with someone is effectively a polygraph exam is a single issue test. This is where you're testing for one main thing. Unless you're doing something, say, for example, like a pre-employment test. Most, Most events are a single issue. So one of the things people come to me, they want to find out is, is my partner cheating on me? So we have to define what that is because cheating applies differently to everyone else. So it will be, since being with your partner, have you had any physical sexual contact with any other person? We use the gender non-specific. I don't care if you're cheating with a man or cheating with a woman. Cheating cheating. But we clearly define what physical sexual contact is. So that's touching someone's breast buttocks or genitalia, either under or over clothing for the purposes of sexual arousal, sexual curiosity or sexual stimulation. It also includes you causing... Them, you causing them to touch your breast, buttocks, or genitalia, either under or over clothing, for the purposes of sexual arousal, sexual curiosity, or sexual stimulation. And it also includes passionately kissing someone else. So, something else I make explicit is it doesn't involve kissing friends a low goodbye, kissing mum and dad a low goodbye, kissing the kids good morning, good night, touching kids' genitals for the purposes of bathing, wiping, diapering, keeping them clean, okay. etc. All of that is unless done for the purposes of sexual arousal, sexual curiosity, or sexual stimulation. You're kissing your mum for sexual purposes. You have deeper problems than I can help with. <laughs> it's the Oedipus okay. complex, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at least, so when people we, when we go through it, people go, because we're looking for, have you done this action? We clearly define it. So it people become more at ease because they think a polygraph is going to be like a, an X-ray into their soul. Yeah. And it, it doesn't work that out. I'm not trying to find out all of your hidden secrets. It's a case of, did you do this action? Yes or no? So it doesn't involve your thoughts because people can think things but not do things. So it's the physical action. I make that, everything gets made explicit. One of the questions is, in fact, do you understand I will only ask the questions we discussed? Because if you suddenly said to someone, did you steal a Mars bar when you was four? Now, whether they have or whether they haven't, if you haven't gone through that question with them, they're going to go, well... I can't tell them whether someone's being honest or being deceptive. All I can tell is they were surprised by the question. So we do thoroughly go through absolutely everything. And and when you go through stuff, that helps people put their mind at ease. Yeah. Also, it's kind of cathartic as well, because if someone has done something, listen, loads of people have done loads of things um, that their partner may know about, may not know about. But the idea then is that doesn't mean, well, I kissed someone once, I'm going to instantly fail the test. We will then talk about that in the pre-test interview. And whatever they admit to, I make a note, it all goes down, it all goes in the report that I send out. But then I change the question to become besides what we discussed. So, okay. for example, example, someone might say to me, 
I was in a club once, a guy tried kissing me, his lips did touch mine, but I pushed him straight off. Is that going to affect the test? Well, I'll make a note of it. And, you know, then it becomes besides what we discussed. Now, you can't hide behind right. a micro admission. If she's then gone off and slept with the guy, yeah. we haven't spoken about that. So you're still hiding stuff via admission. So that's the that's the caveat there so that we can help people. I have one client, you know, lots of sex addiction. Um, you know, his wife knew that he cheated on her a lot. My right hand was very tired that day. <laughs> but she, what she wanted to know is, has he told me everything that now he's been found out? Has he told me everything? Yes. And can we rebuild our relationship on a foundation of trust? Now, she's one of the very few people smart enough. She realises that a polygraph exam can be used as a compliance device. So he comes back to me every year. So that, you know, oh, okay. because he's got an issue. So she said, this. he knows now this helps him. Throughout the year, because any time he thinks he may be tempted, he knows he's going to be having another polygraph exam. This also helps her keep her peace of mind and her sanity. Yes. So that's, well, that's really you know, interesting. So you can have the one, you can have one done to clear the past, mm. and then move forward from the one. Yeah. And do them. I suppose I'm assuming, and I hate doing any assumptions, but I'm assuming you can have them done as frequently as you liked. You shouldn't really be doing them, you know, monthly or things like that. I mean, you know, give people sort of a decent chance. Um, but, yeah, you can. You can. Um, this one, at least, it, you know, it helps him stay compliant so he knows what's going to be happening. And it's, you know, that's that's a brilliant use for polygraph. And I suppose then the, the partner, mm. male or female, whichever way around, yeah. then has the, I suppose, the confidence to know that. Yeah. They can trust because the partners agreed to do the test the next year or six months or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, fabulous. So what can you actually use the test for? So there's, um, you know, maybe a paranoia of a scam of a lost diamond. Yeah, yeah. Or um, the trust of a partner, whether they have or they haven't. Yeah. It all has to normally boil down to um, an actual action. So I deal with okay. a lot of paranoid people. So I had someone ask, tried to ask me the other day, said, I want you to test her for how someone looked at her. I went, whoa, I can't test someone else for how somebody else has looked at them as you're walking down the street. No. That doesn't mean they've done anything wrong. So it has to be an actual action. The, the things, one of the most common questions I get asked is, can you test him to see if he still loves me? Right, okay. That's Define the, the word love. Feeling and an emotion, isn't it? Exactly. It's, it's like trying to describe the colour blue to someone who's never seen before. Yeah. You've got, you, can, you can sort of try and describe love, but you have to use equally amorphous terms. Well, I can't do that on a polygraph exam. It has to be clear and defined so that anyone could read that question and go, I know exactly what that means. So if somebody defined love as a behaviour of buying them red roses weekly, you so could... Polygraph for buying red roses weekly, but you couldn't polygraph for. No, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't run that kind of a test at all. It would be a case of, you know, do you do that action? But then, if someone, why would someone want to find out if they're buying them roses weekly? Well, you wouldn't. They would, you know, they'd just be, oh, I get a nice thing, you know. So, so, have you ever been able to define love to no, an action or a behaviour? No, nope, I wouldn't try. No, again, okay. you'd put every poet out of a job. It's, yeah, okay. you know, it's beyond, beyond my remit to try and <laughs> try and define so, love. So part of the, I'm going to, I'm again going to say there must be a pre 
Yes. A pre-interview, yeah, pre-conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. That you you tell them whether you can or you can't test the thing that they want tested. Yeah. yeah. So the other oh, okay. one that people always ask for is, um, does he intend to stay with me? A polygraph isn't a magic eight ball. No. <laughs> you know, we can't go, no. you know, probability looks good. Not only that, we <laughs> we know that... There's a few stages that someone could go through in a week to take a normal person and make them a murderer. Now, right. that can apply to anyone. So yep. you can't, a polygraph can't say, well, these events could happen to someone, but they would still never do that action. So again, it's, you can't predict the future with it. So what, what do you normally, what's your, I suppose, I don't know if there's a, a percentage split of, of what type of subjects you cover on a weekly basis um, i mean just talking about murder yeah do you get called into i'm assuming the police force to do polygraph tests well the police for the the police are they have their own examiners and they all of that's run um by a guy called professor don gruben up at newcastle university right so he's the kind of gatekeeper for that so where i've i'm a private examiner i've trained privately and i've gone into america it's not, it wouldn't be worth my while to retrain with Professor Don Gruben to kind of get, you know, the police work stuff. You right, okay. Know, I come to, I do private individuals that, that want to find something out. You know, and sometimes in a weird way, people find it easier because they know I don't have any affiliation with the police. Then, yeah, you know, okay. that being said, there's certain things obviously I won't be testing for. So, one of the ones that I've been asked for is, um, I want you to test this guy to see if he stole my cocaine. I'm not <laughs> going to be doing that test because I'm not going to get involved in your illegal activity. Oh, um, dear. So, yeah, there's, we do have to kind of vet stuff. The other thing that a lot of people do is they don't understand. With polygraph, again, it's a single-issue test. So, right. um, the What best, do you mean by a single-issue test? Well, this is exactly what I was just going to ah, define. Fabulous. So. Um, this will be like, uh, we're looking for an action, so let's stick with cheating. Um, since being with your partner, have you had any physical sexual contact with anybody else? Now, what someone else might ask, they might ask, they might say, well, I think uh, he's done something with Jennifer down the street. Okay? Now, if, if they want, I can make a test specific. We wouldn't use a person's name on the test, but it would be in the report. And You know, it's like saying, if I said, if we had a conversation for 45 minutes about a footballer, and I said to you, did he score the other day? You wouldn't go, why, who are we talking about? Yeah. You just don't want people to respond to a name on the test. So I could do that test, but then the test becomes specific. Yeah. So as long as he hasn't done anything with Jennifer, he can pass that test. That means he could have been doing anything with anybody else. Amanda, Barry. Yeah, exactly. But as long Philippa. as it wasn't that person, yeah. he can pass that test because you're, you've made it kind of too specific. You've kind of closed the gate you know, yep. into such a, a small thing, you've, you've created a massive loophole for people. So what normally happens is people will have something, an event that causes them to be suspicious about something. And they want to kind of ask a question about the event, but the event is pointing to someone being unfaithful. Yeah. You don't need to ask questions about this event here and he said he was out with his friends and... You know, or I found a girl's number on his phone. You're going to find out. Right. Let's not waste our arrows over there. We're going to focus on our main target, which is since you guys have been together, has he had any physical sexual contact with anybody else? 
And again, I always use the, the gender non-specific because, you know, you could yeah. be cheating with a man, cheating with a yeah. woman. You'd be surprised at a few faces that have dropped. No, yeah, no, no. Any imagine. other women? No, any other person, thank you. Yeah, so, you know, if not, there's, there's a big conversation that needs to be had there. Yeah. So that's kind of how, how it works and how it runs. So what other purposes can you do you get clients coming to see you about? So there's the, I'm going to say the probably the most obvious one is around um, fidelity and trust within relationships. Yeah. What, how else can you use the... Well, I mean, uh, theft is a big one. Yeah. Um, so what, within business or within from friends both, or family or both everything. I mean, there was I did um, a test where these people were moving large amounts of cash between one another. It's about a quarter of a million pounds. Um, I said, listen, if I was hands on a bag of a quarter of a million pounds, I guarantee I'd have my phone out. I'd be selfieing myself inside of the bag yeah. and me handing the bag over. But I said I normally do. The one time I didn't, the bag goes missing. So then it's a case of, you know, he said, she said, uh, one saying, I've given give the guy the bag, the other guy's saying he hasn't. So we got to the bottom of that. Um, another one was a guy who had stolen some money off his friend's counter and denied that he was doing it, you know, I think it was about £1,000. What's shop counter type no, thing? No, no, in his home, in his kitchen. Oh. Popped into his friend, he said, I had £1,000 sitting on the side. Wow. This guy's saying he didn't take it, did, failed his polygraph exam, and um, his relation who'd brought him to me said, you know, so what's gone on? And um, he said, listen, I'm the only person who stood by you and stuck up for you. Tell me what's happened. And then he did admit to it. He was going to send the guy back in to apologise to me, and I'm like, I don't need apology. This is what I do. I've, I've got you the truth. So now you know what's happened. That's interesting. So could you use, could you use, would the the results of the polygraph tests be applicable to take to um, a, a legal level? So could you use the results if you were then to sue somebody? Could at you the use moment, them as a legal proof? In the UK, no. Right, the okay. Um, the one thing it can be used for is in industrial tribunals. So we had, uh, I had a client, he was accused of stealing a load of scaffolding off a building site. And this, uh, so his his company was subcontracted by a larger company and they said, we don't want this guy on our work site. The other company said, hold on, we believe in our staff. We want to get to the bottom of this first. So he he comes to me and he passed his polygraph. He he hadn't been involved in stealing any of the um, scaffolding. And you kind of go, who would have a who would have an, a reason to point the finger at someone else? Yeah. But this guy, you know, without them being able to properly investigate, yeah, it's kind of almost like, well, he was just going to be effectively a full guy. Yeah, so, and I mean, he'd have lost his job. That would have affected his future. He yeah. probably wouldn't have got another job because it would be hanging over his head. Mm, exactly. That's fabulous. So I'm just thinking, because considering where we were yesterday... Yeah. Um, we were learning around, well, we were um, in a program talking about how to get the best out of your employees and out of your business. Mm. Thinking about that as a real recognition and support for a member of staff within an organisation that's been accused of stealing. Yeah. Um, at whatever level, as a good employer, we could use the polygraph test to support our member of staff. Mm. And get the true result. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, everyone's, you know, a polygraph isn't infallible. 
Yeah. A single issue test is about 96 to 98 percent accurate. Yeah. Which is okay. which is pretty high. You know, am I going to get everything right? No, and that's just the nature of the testing. Yeah. But then people don't realise that even DNA isn't infallible. You know, there's. I didn't there, know that. Yeah, no DNA. Well, if you've um, if you have ever had a bone marrow transplant, you will be what's called a chimera, because your skin DNA yeah. is going to be different from your blood because you've got somebody else's bone marrow effectively making your blood. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. So, and course. so that's, well, you know, I'm quite happy to take a cheap swab. Um, you know, we found some blood on the scene. I'll be more than happy to take a cheap swab. Yes, because your cheek DNA is not the same as the blood that's coursing around yeah, your body. So there's all of these different things. And not only that, with the nature of any empirical scientific study, there is always going to be outliers. So you ca- and you can't just say, well, we're just going to cherry pick this data from the middle. You have to account for it all, which is why when you look at a lot of um, drug companies and drugs and things like that, they'll say, you know, for example, with antidepressants, one of those side effects can be suicidal thoughts. Yeah. The kind of very opposite of what you're actually supposed to be taking this drug for. Yeah. You know, and... These are kind of how people, they'll hear it as a side effect. It's not, it's an effect of the drug. It's just an unintend, unintended consequence of taking that drug that will happen to a certain amount of people. Yes. So, for example, there's a small portion of the population that's allergic to warfarin. Most people, it's a great medicine that will help them. If you're one of those people who's allergic to it, it's, it it's a poison. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. it's quite lethal. Yeah. So, you know. Okay. Um. So... If people wanted to get hold of you, so I, I, so just for the listeners, this is the first time I've ever spoken to somebody apart from <laughs> seeing it on the Jeremy Kyle show on occasions. That um, first time I've ever spoken to anybody who does this as a living. <laughs> I'm absolutely fascinated by it, and I'm fascinated by it for the um, positive purposes that it can give to people when they're in a bit of a, I'm going to say, a quandary or don't know or can't trust or want to know the truth about something, both both individually and for businesses. Mm. So um, it's one of the reasons I've asked Paul to do this test, because I, I think it's a fabulous thing. It, it would stop so much grief for people in the moment and for their future if there's one of those things where actually, let's do a polygraph test, let's get to the base of it. It's the objectivity of the thing rather than the subjectivity of the emotion So it's real hard, I'm going to say factual evidence, linked into a scientific process that gives you the result. So if anybody that's listening to this, and I'm going to promote this, and I'm hoping you're going to promote it as well, because it's your business as well as whatever, how would somebody get hold of you? Uh, This is the, and it's pretty easy, so people can either email us, um, info at britishpolygraphtesting.com, they can check us out on the website, um, www.britishpolygraphtesting.com. They can call us on 0203 488 Sorry, I forget my <laughs> own phone okay. number then. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they can contact us on Facebook as well. So we've got all of those channels available. Um, it's nice to be able to kind of talk to people and explain it. Like you said, when people, what happens is people end up in a quandary. So in yes. most relationships, they end yeah. up where they think their partner's cheating on them so it stops them from being able to commit to the relationship properly because they worry am i being made a fool of yeah but they also haven't got enough information to give up on the relationship because we all invest a lot of 
time, yeah. effort, energy, emotion yeah, into absolutely. our relationship. So what happens then is you haven't got enough information to make a decision either way. So then what happens? The arguments start and yeah. they continually spiral round. Um, and so we help people get to the bottom of that so they can kind of yeah. put it to bed. So, I mean, sometimes I have to give people bad news. Another time <laughs> I had an examinee at the moment I told her that she'd passed, she turned her phone back on and started Googling her, uh, Hermes bags and went, <laughs> this is going to cost him. <laughs> so sometimes you've got to eat some humble pie. Um, I had another client and he was um, absolutely convinced that his partner was cheating on him. Um, but he was quite a paranoid person anyway. She, he would say he'd lock the doors, lock the windows, they'd go to bed, he'd wake up in the morning and go, where was you last night? Wow. She's like, in bed asleep next to you. So for him, it was useful in that for his family have said, look, he's, the reason why no one would believe him is because he's done the same behaviour in every single relationship he's been in. So now we can get him the help that he needs. Do people on, on the... So the person has the test, hmm. somebody wants them to have the test, I'm sort of assuming. Well, or if mind. you're being accused of saying you haven't done... You want how to prove you your innocence. On? Yeah, because how else do you prove it? If you haven't done something, well, there's no evidence. So the person that's not believing you, mm. and again, I don't know whether you get involved in this or whether you give the result to the person who's had the test and then they talk to the other person. Mm. I suppose the first question is, do you ever talk to the other person, the person that's doing the non-believing? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, a lot of the time, sometimes people will either they'll come to, together with me and discuss the kind of questions that we asked, how it works, etc. Yeah. Um, okay. Another thing can be... That you know, I guess I do get some weird requests. So someone was they've come to me on their own, and and they're going to put the report in someone's Christmas box as part of their Christmas present. And you're kind Whoa. of like, okay, that sounds like how to have a lovely argument on Christmas Day, because really <laughs> you want to try and involve someone in the process so they so understand what's going on. So you want to work with both on. parties, yeah, if you can. Yeah, if I can. I mean, yeah, you know, okay. it's, it could, because it makes it easier so everyone knows that, that everything's on the level, I'm a professional, yeah. this is how it works, I explain everything. Um, it can be, though, that if people, I can, because of how I have my uh, confidentiality agreements, yeah. it can only be that I will, I will discuss the polygraph exam with the examinee and then whoever they're going to name on that. If not, they have to send me something in writing to say, I hereby give permission to Paul Bramley, which is polygraph testing, to speak to so-and-so and so-and-so on my behalf about my polygraph. Yeah. And then the exam number. Do you find that the people that are doing the, the only way I can describe it from my own head is the non-believing, mm. so it's not the person being tested, it's that the other person. Yeah. Do they believe the results? Do they then go, okay, I was wrong? Some do, some don't. Some yeah, people okay. are, are very kind of, you know, their mind is, is very set. And yeah. the problem with that is is cognitive bias. Yeah. So the best way to explain it is if I said to you, I'll give you £100 for every red car you spot today, you think, lovely, yeah. brilliant. Now, end of the day comes, I say, fantastic, right? How many green cars did you spot? And you feel your jaw drop kind of yeah, a little bit and you go, no, red. red cars? You said red cars? Yeah. Now, what happens is as you're walking along the street, your mind will go, oh, red car, relevant information. You'll probably be able to remember some makes, models, even some license plate numbers because you think every time I remember one, that's another £100. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. When, your car sees a, when, your mind, when you see a blue car, your mind goes, ignore that, yellow car, ignore that, 
orange or is that orange or is that quite red? We'll call that red for yeah. today. Filters and so, all the yeah. information. So what happens when you have a suspicion, your mind only confirms the things that you already believe. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yes. So then, you know. I'm with you on this one. <laughs> so what happens when someone has a suspicion, anything that disproves what they believe, they their mind is it. going, ignore that, ignore that. Yeah. I've, I've had a lot of surprisingly older gentlemen that have gone into such depth with regards to WhatsApp. And one of the things was, well, whenever she goes online, he goes online. Oh. And it's kind of like, well, unless they're, you know, telepathically communicating, what's the problem? If not, you would have, like, the messages between, but this is the problem when once people start getting a little bit paranoid, that they, they really go down these rabbit holes. And But how else do you kind of get someone out of that? You know, that's um, quite a bit of work when people become that paranoid. Oh, exactly. I mean, um, we, you know, the the I'm going to say the negative emotions of paranoia, envy, jealousy, those types of things. Just I'm 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 going to say I suppose if you've got a an objective result that says no, they weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. That's not going to stop what's going on up in the mind unless mm-hmm. they can objectively put all of that subjective stuff away. Yeah, I mean it does it does help it does help a lot of people. I mean yeah, some people imagine, are going to yeah. be they're just going to stick to their guns. I mean the it's weird the two hardest things for people to say is I'm sorry and I don't know. If you ask yeah. an astrophysicist a question about brain surgery, what you what you'll probably hear sometimes is well, which is basically saying I reckon. Yeah. Now rather than saying look, this is not my expertise, this is not my area of study because you're still involved in a science. Yes. They're going to take a, a guess at it, but it's not the same as if you actually get a neurosurgeon's opinion yeah. and say, then this is this is their core niche of what they work on. This is their specialist. Yeah. Specialism. Now, this is interesting concept because I totally agree with you. We're all experts in our own field doing the thing we do. We know bits and pieces about other stuff. Yeah. Of course we do because we, we're alive, basically. Yeah. So... Um, Question to you, what makes you the expert in this field? Why should people come to you rather than potentially another polygraph tester? Well, I mean, you should always, always, always do your research on your polygraph examiner. That's absolutely paramount. You should check that they're accredited and they've gone to properly trained schools. Um, So, again, a polygraph examiner is more um, like a technician. So you've learned a skill. So... When you get these, the doctors who are working on it, like Hans, Raskin, people like that, they're, they're the ones who are doing and coming up with the experiments on polygraph all the time. So one of the things I find frustrating is people think polygraph is the same thing and it's never changed. Well, the first person to bring polygraph, I'm going to use air quotes here to say a polygraph into a court was a, was a, a guy called William Walter Marsden. And how uh, long ago was that? That was back in early, I think, either 50s or 60s. This right, is a okay. long time ago. Yeah. Now, he's also famous for creating Wonder Woman, the comic book character, right, and okay. her lasso of truth. Now, his thing was he literally took someone's blood pressure, deflated the blood pressure cuff, asked them a question, reinflates the blood pressure cuff, and then takes their blood pressure again afterwards. Right. Well, you would have, basically, that's useless. You'd have missed all the relevant data and things like that. But everything evolves. Yeah, so, you know, even with all sciences and medicines, I mean, don't forget, in, in America, they used to give people lobotomies like they were giving out yeah. Smarties. You know, yeah. I don't think there is 
any reason to give someone a lobotomy in this day and age. It's, it's, it's murderous. So you can't compare what was going on in a mental institution, you know, back in America yeah. then, with the techniques of brain surgery and things that they can yes. do today. Everything's yeah, evolved. But people don't know enough about polygraph and they will quote a statistic of something that might be from a very old test that's no longer used and is not even a valid testing method anymore. Do people still use it um, or non-valid um, testing? I wouldn't. I wouldn't for all the tea no, in China. That's what. That's why I was asking. Yeah, that is why, I mean, a decent examiner, you should be doing your continuing professional development. Yeah, CPD, you sh- yep, you without should be doubt. Carrying on with the um, finding out all the time in polygraph what's going on, what's going on in the world. Um, you know, I don't think a plethysmograph is part of the required equipment yet, but it probably will be. Now, plethysmograph measures blood volume density in the extremities. So one of the things that will happen is, uh, you know, when people's adrenaline hits people's system, you yep. get the blood vessels will constrict because it needs to go right. We need to keep the core alive. And we need to keep our muscles, yes. you know, with a lot of blood in the case fight. we've got to get out of here. Yeah, the, flight, the fight, fight or flight. freeze response. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Um, so how much? How many? Is there a set amount of CPD that you need to do? You have to do a minimum of forty hours every two years. Okay, so, so that's actually quite a lot for. Yeah, I mean, I, some people only have to do ten. Well, I think what I do is very, very important. Yeah, it, look, nobody's calling up for well. I say nobody. You do. Most people, when they're coming for a polygraph, it's a serious issue. It's someone's yeah. freedom, someone's relationship, you know, all of these things are on the line. And you have to take that very, very seriously. You will occasionally get, get a call that says, you know, can you, we want to use polygraph at our bachelor party and things like that. And you just explain to people, look, that's a non valid method of testing because the last thing you want is people are messing around asking questions you can't really ask, but it's just for a bit of fun at a party. Someone asks the wrong question of, you know, have you slept with so-and-so or do you fancy so-and-so? You have to say, listen, this isn't a professional test. This is just for comic purposes, you know. Sort of diminishes the, for me, that would somehow diminish the purpose of the the profession. It, it does, it does. And so, you know, again, some of that's, some of that's useful, some of it's not yeah. useful. Again, it's also where people don't know enough about polygraph. It's kind of, you know, you, it's, your examiner should be making it absolutely explicitly clear. You're either doing a valid test or you're doing a non-valid test. So I was recently in yeah, Finland okay. um, doing some filming for, I think, what's going to effectively be almost like a kind of uh, political advert, things like that. And I said, look, it was all about climate change, ironically. And I said, listen, you can either do a valid test or a non-valid test. They were choosing to do a non-valid test because it was for promotion and things like that. And they was asking questions that it would be impossible for anyone to really answer truthfully. Can't Come say in. to someone, I think one of the questions they wanted to ask was, you know, um, is there anything more you could be doing towards climate change? Well, the answer's combat- just got to be yes. Exactly. So anyone to say no, that would be impossible. Unless you're yeah. a monk who lives on a mountain, who grows his own lettuce and eats it and then walks down the mountain to clear up the beach of plastic then, you know, I'm sure even then there's probably something still more you could do. So, but that wasn't what they was using it for. But then halfway through, they want to say, oh, well, have you got any results or anything like that? And I had to say, look, no. And I told you this at the beginning. It's either a valid test or non-valid test. It's black or white. There is no, well, 
you know. And yeah. so the results that you should be getting is either deception indicated, no deception indicated, or no opinion slash inconclusive. Right, okay. You know. So hearing you talking about Finland, you obviously travel to do this. Oh, yeah, I've, I've travelled all over the world. Ah, okay. So you can go anywhere. So anybody listening to this podcast, this interview, can contact you and you could, if you choose to, yeah. go and see them wherever they are. Pretty much. I mean, apart from there'll be things like, say, for America, Yeah. Um, if you're doing polygraphs there, then each state will have its own polygraph association and also have right. rules and regulations there. So one of the ones is in um, Illinois. You can't have a blood pressure cuff on someone for inflated for longer than four minutes. Right. So basically, you can't really do polygraph there because a, a normal uh, a normal part of a test will take about seven minutes with a blood pressure cuff inflated. Right. And okay. there's no That's way you could shorten that down to get to the right result. Fit with, well, it's not to get the right result to fit in with that to comply with that. Yeah. So okay. you just couldn't do a polygraph there. I mean, but again, once you, if you're an American, you can travel states, you can, you know. So just thinking about that then, just, I mean, I'll ask the question because mm. I can ask the question and it's yeah. just coming to my head. So there's no difference between gender, between race, between um, the culture we're born into. It's completely carte blanche across yeah. everybody. Yeah. Around the world, yeah. in reality. Well, I mean, one of the things that I do check at the beginning is that someone can even respond to a lie. So yeah, okay. I've never, ever had anyone who's not been able to respond to a lie. And I know of one woman in the world who's not been able to respond. Now, that was a little old woman in South America. The examiners thought the instrument was broken. They were checking on themselves. It was working fine. They're sticking gel pads on this poor little old woman's <laughs> head. Nothing. If that's the case, you just can't take a polygraph exam. I think there might be factors for that. I think South America is generally hot, generally humid. Right. And the older we get, the less quickly our body responds to stuff. So the reason why nerves don't affect a polygraph exam is because we're looking for changes in state. Right, so, okay. you know, you're not suddenly going to be more nervous or less nervous all of a sudden during a polygraph exam. Sometimes I'll have to say to people, like, you know, should we take a little breather there? And they, you know, they go, oh, I'm feeling a little bit funny. They're having a panic attack. Yeah. Now, they don't want to tell me that they're having a panic attack. But we're not, I'm not trying to catch anyone out insofar as that, you know, I want the test to be valid. I want you to be relaxed as possible. If we need to take a breather, we take a breather. You know, and it's clear, I let everyone know at any point, they can stop the exam for whatever reason they choose and just go, that's it, I don't want to carry on. Yeah, I suppose the emotions that some people would... Um that that would be evoked in some people could could be quite high, depending on what they're being yeah. asked to respond to. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And of course, we're all different in how we respond to requests for. Yeah, because I suppose taking a polygraph test means somewhere that somebody doesn't believe us about something. Yeah, yeah. So there's that whole content of emotional you're not believing me and I'm telling you the truth well exactly and where does that take you and then and then you put on cuffs and being asked questions by <laughs> I'm going to say well, a stranger and what could that do no, to you there's no cuffs involved no I meant sorry the, the, no. A, a blood pressure cuff a blood pressure cuff yeah, yeah not not yeah not handcuffs yeah. cuffs <laughs> but I mean again what people know of polygraph they'll see in tv shows yeah, and movies course. and things like that 
Yeah. You know, I'm not shining a big light in someone's <laughs> face. I'm not try- I'm trying to put people at their ease, yeah, if anything. You know, we don't, you know, the old ink pens, that's a very, very old polygraph instrument. Yeah. Can, I don't need... Can people... Can people... Um, can they be wrong? Can, so could people lie and... Because you see it on the reality shows, mm. or I've seen it on the reality shows, they say, that's not true. That's that can't be true. I didn't do it. Yeah. Can people and I suppose this is a two way process, can people lie and I'm gonna say beat them? And then the other side of that for me is people truly, truly, truly believe that they didn't do the thing. So they've changed their own story, they've changed they've changed their own reality, mm. which some people do. So even if they've done if they've changed their own reality, could they I'm gonna say beat for want of a better yeah. word? the polygraph test, and can they lie and beat, for want of a better word, a polygraph test? So, again, a polygraph exam is 96 to 98% accurate. Yeah. Okay? okay? There's nothing more we can do about that. Regardless of the reality in my head says I didn't do it when the reality reality says I did, but I've changed it in my head? Well, the thing is, most people... Who's the one person in the world you can't lie to? Yourself. Exactly. So when you're asking someone, did you do this action... You can't sort of really self-hypnotise yourself to believe that you didn't do the action. So if you say to someone, don't think of a pink elephant, what's the first thing that you've just done? Think of a pink elephant. So exactly. So it's one of those things, it comes straight to mind. What happens normally, it will be the process of, you know the truth, so you you remember and recall the truth because that's the easiest, least energy process. All you're doing is remembering this is what happened. Yes. Then when you go on to lie, you're then making a conscious decision and normally you've got to come up with a salient story that covers any salient point that covers, you know, any point where you might be able to get caught out. But that has to happen very, very, very quickly. Yeah, okay. You know, and it's changing work levels in your body, which is why, remember when you was a kid, everyone says, just tell the truth, that way you haven't got to remember anything. It might go, I don't lie because I haven't really got to think about and I haven't got to remember the lie and then the lie about the lie. And it just becomes a, a nightmare process. Yeah. And part of this podcast for all you listeners out there is called Conscious Leadership. And it truly is about speaking your truth, saying your truth, living in truth, dealing with things as they come up. Because the fight or flight response actually damages us as humans if we're in it too long. Yeah. So getting yourself out of conflict, um, living a positive, living in a positive approach. And that's not, I'm going to say that's not. Me being everybody's got to be positive because, you know, life happens. But it's living in truth. And that is around making conscious decisions about what we do or don't do. Um, You know, looking at how we're programmed, unconsciously programmed through all of our experiences that we have in life, you know, from all of our influences around us to create something that's easy, something that's um, collaborative, communicative, that works with people rather than against people because we truly, truly do get better results. Mm. So, and Paul, one more time, I've got one, I'm going to ask you to repeat how people can get hold of you again and then I've got one more question to ask you. Sure, sure. Just on that note, um, just before that, what what you were saying about with um, people's consciousness and how we live. Yeah. um, Nobody is the villain of their own story. So even when they call Al Capone, you know what he turned around and said? No. Don't know why people have a problem with me. I only kill bad guys. <laughs> you know, nobody, nobody puts so their hands up. So in his mind, and, he was doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> he, he didn't see anything wrong. And well, he, his, yeah. his excuse was he wasn't doing anything wrong because he was only punishing other bad people. Yeah. So that in a makes, way, that's that kind of he's trying sense. to make himself yeah. good. But yes. we know you can't go around killing people. It no. doesn't. It's not really Again. justified, is it? No. Uh, well, apparently, unless you're a government, in which case they do it professionally. Um, Let's not get into that. <laughs> so, just, another podcast for that one. <laughs> right. Last way for people to get in touch with me, yeah, so they can email me at info at Brit- BritishPolygraphTesting dot com. Yeah. They can call me on o two o three four double eight. Two nine seven nine. Got it right that time. Yay! And you can also follow us on most social media. So it would be www.facebook.com forward slash British Polygraph Testing. Yeah. Okay. So my final question to you. Yeah. Um, what's the one piece of advice you would have given to your younger self, knowing what you know now? And that was me dropping my book on the floor, everyone. <laughs> Wasn't she beating me? Help! Help! Um, it would probably be start investing younger. So buy, if I could go back and say, buy Amazon, that would be great. But it would be more get back into the process of investing, um, saving and investing yeah. and investing in yourself. That's what pays the biggest returns. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I'm going to say thank you, Paul. I, th- I think this has been fascinating conversation. We're sat in this like soundproof egg boxed thing, cubby hole, <laughs> <laughs> overheating, I have to admit. But um, thank you, Paul, because that's been fascinating. So, yeah, if anybody wants to get hold of Paul for anything, please follow those links. Um, comment on the podcast. Uh, this I'll put this on. Where am I going to put this? It will be out on a few social media platforms. So if you've got any questions, you know, either come back to me, Julie Hogbin, or go to Paul, Paul Bramley, and ask the questions because I'm sure we'll stay in touch if, somehow. Yeah. Um, so if you've got any questions on any of this, any comments, um, yeah, let us know. And remember... Go out there, do one thing, take one action that gets you closer to your dream. I'm going to say thank you, sign off for our interview. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. You can contact Julie on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and hear me out. Please subscribe to her YouTube channel for how-to videos and more content. And please message Julie to have your questions answered. Until next time, remember, knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. See it, say it, write it, believe it and achieve it. 